Hello, my name is Laura Ann. I'm coming at you from the heart of Texas, here in the capital city of Austin. And I am beyond thrilled to be here. It's been a dream of mine to have a podcast for a while. And, uh, you know, my my guides actually gave me this idea uh, a couple of years ago. And so I'm following through with inspired action. And as y'all know, that always feels really good. This podcast is your resource for healing. That is my vision. I would love for this podcast to be a place you can come to learn your own power to heal yourself, to connect with other gifted healers as I bring them in to interview about their life story and the pearls of wisdom that they've gained along their own healing journey, and just to get a better idea about the connection between mind, body, and spirit, and to explore the world of healing in general. So it's going to be a fun mix of personal testimony um, for myself, from other healers, and a little dive into my Woo Woo Wednesday series where we explore all things woo. In the next episode, I'll dive into a little bit about what is woo-woo? What does that even mean? And uh, it's going to be a fun episode. So definitely stay tuned for that one. But today, you know, it's the first episode and I thought I'd just hop on here and share a little bit about myself. So you know your host, so you know the voice behind the microphone. As I said, my name is Laura Ann. I was born in Texas, so I don't think I have an accent, but I've heard that I do from other folks in other parts of the country. Um, I was born in Texas, but I I grew up kind of internationally. I I lived in England for a few years and then um, primarily grew up on the East Coast in the Washington, D.C. area. So uh, I learned a love for crab meat, (laughs) among other things, like great theater. And... um, you know, I have been on a pretty epic healing journey myself. Um, a couple of things that I really talk about a lot and are points that I like to bring home and you'll hear me speak of pretty regularly are uh, that healing is not linear. Healing is a journey and it can be a hell of a roller coaster ride in my experience, but it's not some final destination, right? You don't just become healed and then never you have to work a day on yourself again in your life. It is a practice. It's a lifelong practice and journey. It's the same concept of, you know, anyone out there who is fit and who works out, they understand, you understand, you don't just work out to the point that you're in excellent shape and then never have to work out again, right? You've got to maintain, you've got to keep it up. And healing is the same way. So that's one concept that right out of the park, we got to just say major foundational concept to grasp and to understand when you're going into the world of healing. And the other is just that mind, body, and spirit, y'all, they are not separate. (laughs) Mind, body, spirit are just intimately connected and intertwined. And we can focus our energy and attention within these different aspects of self, but have the underlying understanding that in reality, they're all intertwined together. And any work you do on one 
is going to affect the whole, is going to affect these these other aspects of yourself. So it's actually really great because if you're going to see a therapist, you may have noticed that you know those sessions are actually having an impact on the way that you look and the confidence that you have and the way you carry yourself in the world. And maybe you know that person you asked that on a date that you thought was out of your league, they said yes, because you've been dealing with your shit within your mind. And that has translated into body and into spirit. So that's just one example. Um, so those are two concepts I think are really foundational for healing. Um, another third is this idea of not forcing things and really just meeting yourself where you're at. And it has to do with compassion. It has to do with honesty. It has to do with not judging or criticizing yourself and just kind of accepting that where you are, it's where you are, right? I mean, if you fight against it, it doesn't change anything. Where you are right now is where you are right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. So it's this idea in the healing journey of being compassionately honest with yourself about where you are. And then setting your sights on where you want to go. So you've got to know where you are to know where you want to go. And just because where you are isn't where you want to be, it doesn't mean you got to beat yourself up over it, feel bad or guilty or shamed, any of that nonsense. So just throw all that noise out the window and um, just accept yourself where you are. It's another huge, huge thing to really internalize in order to heal. So I hopped on here to talk about myself and now I'm preaching at you. So I'll get back to a little bit about me. Um, As I said, I grew up a little bit all over uh, and I moved back to Texas and it was a little bit of a circuitous path to get there. Um, I'm going to get real vulnerable with y'all. You know, I uh, have healed through a lot and what I've realized is so much of what I've gone through in my life um, comes back to some really traumatic experiences as a young girl, as a child. I experienced uh, sexual abuse and trauma as a very young girl. Um, and it was so intense that I repressed the memory and had no idea about it. Um, And so that in and of itself was really mystifying and frustrating because I always had this feeling like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I so fucking nuts? Why, why is life so hard? And it wasn't until I was, I was well along the the healing path and had, had taken already huge strides that some of these memories started to resurface and uh, I gained some clarity around that why. But that leads to another point, which is the why isn't really important. It's great, and sometimes you'll get it, and it's always nice when you do. But just to have faith that the things that you're doing to heal and to love yourself, um, those are the right things to do, even if you don't understand why you need to do them, right? So let's rewind. I, you know, as a teenager, I'm talking about why was life so hard? Why why was it so crazy for me? Um, I had an eating disorder as a teenager. Uh, I was bulimic and um, had chronic, chronic depression, uh, was suicidal, got involved in pretty heavily in high school and then very heavily in college uh, in 
the party scene and using drugs and alcohol to kind of numb my pain and escape from just the desperation that was my inner world. And I really just uh, kind of lost the will to be present within my own life. And um, you do that for long enough and you kind of lose the will to live. And, And that's where I was using drugs, using alcohol, using sex to validate my experience, to numb out from all of the shit that I didn't want to face. And I had a complete breakdown. Y'all, it was uh, really bad my freshman year. I think I, anyone who knew me my freshman year of college is probably like nodding their head like, yeah, that girl was crazy. Um, and so thankfully, I, I have a really good relationship with my parents, with my mother especially. Um, and I felt that I was able to reach out to her and let her know what was going on and ask for help. And um, and she helped me find a therapist. And, and that set me on the course. It, it changed my life forever. Um, not all at once. As I said, healing isn't linear. But it was a very, very important first step to start seeing a talk therapist, to start diving into, you know, why I was acting and behaving in such a self-destructive way. And it was through those sessions that I was introduced to the world of wellness and to, you know, the concepts. Um, And this is, you know, y'all early 2000s, so it wasn't quite as well known back then. Um, You know, the concept that your diet absolutely affects your mood and your mental state, right? So working on um, using food as medicine, I got introduced to meditation through my therapist, to yoga, and um, to the mind-body-spirit connection. Now, it would be great if I could say that 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 foray into the world of wellness and therapy was the, the magic silver bullet. Uh, it wasn't, um, you know, a lot of the uh, environment in college and in, in undergrad uh, context is, you know, partying and letting off steam. And I had already made a lot of friends in that world. And so when I plopped myself back into that situation, I went back to my old behaviors and I started using again and wasn't taking care of myself and really dropped a lot of those self-care practices. And that kind of set up a pattern for myself as a young adult where I would, you know, go wild and and get back into my really self-destructive and unhealthy patterns of behavior and of existence until I reached a breaking point, at which point I would say enough is enough and I would go on a cleanse or go back to therapy um, and start doing these practices again and feeling good and feeling better and optimistic and I'm great. And then I would get to that place of feeling really good And then, you know, it was, oh, I don't need these things anymore. And I would start using again and then it would snowball back into out of control. So these huge peaks and valleys through my whole adult life. Um, After college, I got involved in uh, professionally uh, environmental nonprofit world in sales and fundraising. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And again, the social uh, scene uh, involved a lot of partying. And, you know, in my 20s, I think that's been the experience for a lot of uh, young people that there's that expectation 
And it's really easy to, to fall into that pressure, especially when you're addicted uh, to the cycle. So that was my reality for a long time. Um, and I, I would say, you know, it was really divine intervention. And this sounds a little, <laughs> I don't know, maybe self-centered, but in the way that I mean it, it's, it's not selfish. My, my father got in a really uh, life-threatening bicycle accident. And, um, it was that, that had me actually quit my job in DC at the time and move home to, to help my mom take care of him and to basically be a nurse, be a, be a stay at home nurse, uh, for my dad while he was in recovery for several months. And, um, I was still smoking cannabis um, and I was still drinking, but it was in a very different context. And I, um, it was really just there to take care of my dad. And it pulled me out of the life that I had been living. Um, and through my father's healing process, I uh, had a, a couple of seeds planted just to see, you know, what a positive impact healers had on him and, you know, then trickle down effect on me and my mother through that really traumatic experience and through the healing that happened afterwards, specifically with massage. I mean, after his massage appointments and y'all, his accident, it was awful. I mean, you know, fractured every bone in his face, multiple concussions, punctured lungs, broken ribs, broken hand, his nose got ripped off his face in the bike accident. They had to do emergency reconstructive surgery um, as soon as he was picked up. I mean, the only reason he wasn't paralyzed or dead is because other cyclists were there and heard the accident and were able to get the ambulance there before the swelling around his crushed vertebra um, got to the level that he would have been paralyzed. So it was really a miracle that he was alive, but he was in really bad shape and just in a lot of pain and seeing how he felt after these massage therapy appointments. I uh, was really surprised because I'd only ever really thought of massage as like, you know, a spa day, treat yourself kind of situation. So anyway, um, that was also, side note, a really healing experience for me and my father and some of our shit um, we healed through, uh, spending so much time together and had some real, real talk. And um, our relationship has been forever changed for the better as a result of that time that we spent together. And by the time he was well enough to take care of himself, I was pretty, you know, free. I didn't have any commitments with a job, with a relationship. I had a little money saved. And so I decided to go to Puerto Rico and work on an organic farm and just see what happened. I had this kind of vague plan of, you know, working my way farm to farm up the coast of California in a work trade situation um, just to it was in my 20s, you know, when else are you going to do that? And to see what my next step was. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it was in the paradise and beauty of the mountains of Puerto Rico, living in a tent down by the river, uh, that I had the epiphany journaling one night that I wanted to be a massage therapist. And that set a whole chain of events in motion that brought me back to Texas and to Austin. 
And I immediately started pursuing my dream and went to massage school here and became a licensed therapist. So back into the world of wellness. Also still partying, still drinking, still drugging, pretty hardcore. You know, Austin is a party town and that was part of the draw for me is very much, you know, that behavior is super normalized here. Everyone's out to have a good time. And so those behaviors were continuing for myself as well. And um, I really love Austin and I've had an amazing life here so far. It's been almost 10 years. The thing is, my health started to go to shit. Um, you know, what you can do in your 20s and bounce back from once you hit 30, you don't bounce back quite as fast. And I started to accumulate symptoms, um, accumulate symptoms. I won't get into all of them because it's like a 10 mile long list. Uh, but, you know, brain stuff, memory stuff, brain fog, fatigue, dizziness, inability to stand, GI tract stuff mood, anxiety, panic attacks, depression. Um, That's just a little bit more on the mind side of things, Uh, emotionally as well. Um, And then physically, uh, just, you know, lack of energy. Notice my muscle mass was decreasing. My ability to like ride my bike was not what it used to be. I'm a pretty avid cyclist historically, like didn't have a car for years. Um, And And then uh, things really started to go south and I knew something was wrong. And and I always had this little voice in the back of my head that was like, girl, you need to stop drinking. (laughs) Like, this is really bad. You're an alcoholic. And I always knew that. But it's one thing to kind of have that little voice in the back of your head and, and, you know, just silence it on the reg and... It's another thing entirely to not only acknowledge that it's true, but to say it out loud and then to take action on it. And uh, I didn't have a great track record with doing that for myself until, you know, shit had completely hit the fan and and I'd reached a boiling point. And so that happened with my health. Um, And I found out that I had Lyme disease, um, started, you know, getting into that that wellness lifestyle again, really taking care of myself, eating well, et cetera, et cetera, quit drinking. And then it snowballed again. And then I found out I have a thyroid disease. <laughs> my, my Lyme disease came out of remission and, and came back. And, you know, and so it's just been this constant realization that or consistent realization over and over uh, that these behaviors of my life were literally killing me. And it wasn't until uh, a little over a year and a half ago, and this is now the fall of 2019 that I'm recording this. Um, So it was just after South by Southwest in uh, a huge music festival here in Austin uh, in March. Uh, I guess that would have been in 2017 um, that I realized in the doctor's appointment talking about my thyroid and my blood sugar levels that, that I something had to change. Um, and that I, I literally was killing myself. And if I was going to have the kind of life that I, that I envisioned for myself moving forward, that I needed to go sober. And so I did. And I'm a Scorpio y'all. So I don't know if you have much experience with those signs, but we're pretty determined people. So for me, once I made the decision, that was it. 
And I know that hasn't been a lot of people's experience in going sober. I had a lot of experiences in the past where I hadn't really made the decision. I didn't really want to be sober, but I knew I quote unquote should be sober. And so those uh, were just small little islands of sobriety surrounded by a sea of total wastedness. Whereas this was different. This was like when I quit smoking cigarettes. It was the same thing. I was just like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. And that was it. And it has been quite the journey. It's completely changed my life for the better. And I'm still struggling with health stuff, but I'm honestly in, in mind and in spirit the healthiest that I've ever been. And that's how I know that my body is just bringing up the rear. And it's just, you know, a journey, as I said. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm I'm super passionate about helping other people get out of those self-destructive patterns of behavior because I was stuck in that loop for my whole fucking life. I mean, it was literally, you know, little girl, like little 16-year-old Laura to 35-year-old Laura. That was my life. And I know how it feels. And so that is really the focus of my work in my mentorship practice and my coaching practice is working with people who are ready to shift into the life that they deserve and are ready to put the work in, the inner work to get out of those self-destructive patterns because they're fucking tired of it and they're ready for more. Um, And in an, in a way, uh, the the work that I did for for ten years as a hands on healer, as a massage therapist, as a myofascial release therapist, as a Reiki healer, um, built the bridge for me to learn how to care for myself and how to love for myself. And it was only because of that work, learning how to love and accept myself, that I was able to stand on that foundation of self love to make the choice, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so for me, that's another foundational principle, self-love. You got to love yourself. Everything comes from there. Learning to love yourself and incorporating self-love and self-care practices in your life in a meaningful way every day is a huge and absolutely essential part of healing. (sighs) And it is the journey, but it's one that's well worth the effort to take. I mean, when I look back, I was just such a wasted trash kind of person. I I just, it is amazing to me to see the difference in the quality of my internal life, my internal world and my relationship with myself and my external world now compared to even just four years ago. Um, so just know if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) And it really is my soul's purpose to help others do this for themselves. And so just know you have the power to do it. And that's the thing. Each and every one of us is born with this incredible resiliency and this amazing power to heal ourselves. It is a gift from God or source or the universe or unity consciousness or whatever you want to call it. It is a superpower that every single one of us possesses as our birthright. 
And it is my soul's purpose to help people connect to that. And so that is a huge motivator for, well, it is the motivator for what I do professionally, hands-on in the studio um, with people, as well as in the online space as a coach and mentor. And it's what I'm setting forth as an intention for this podcast. If it can empower even one person to realize the ability that they have to heal themselves, it will have been worth every moment of time and energy on my part invested. So maybe that person is you, and I hope it is. I love you. I see you out there doing the damn thing, doing your best with what you got where you're at, and I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Laura Ann signing off in Austin, Texas with love and light.